Well, we just got done celebrating the Feast of the Epiphany. And actually, the word Epiphany, and the idea behind the feast, could be characteristic of the entire Christmas season, which today comes to an end. So, really, what we have in the scriptures, they use the, the Greek word, St. Paul uses the Greek word Epiphania, which means manifestation, for the second coming of Christ. So when Christ comes, he's going to be manifest. But there's all of these other kind of smaller manifestations that precede and, as it were, anticipate and even show forth that that final and greatest manifestation. One of the manifestations is just simply Christ's being born in a stable. And, you know, the angels say to the shepherds, this is the sign that you're going to, that you'll find. There'll be a child wrapped in a swaddling cloth and he'll be with his mother and he'll be in a manger. So just Christ being in the manger, that's one manifestation. Another manifestation, another way that Christ was manifested to the nations was through the star and through the magi, representative of all the nations that came uh, at the behest of that star or inspired by that, the appearance of that star. Uh, but we have other manifestations of Christ that precede that final and greatest manifestation. Um, two more that are notable in our tradition. The, the third being actually Christ's first miracle. So the first miracle that Christ worked publicly, publicly, was the transformation of the water into the wine at the marriage feast of Cana in Galilee. And the, the Gospel of John says this was his, the first of his miracles, and thereby he manifested his glory. So Christ's glory being manifest is the whole idea of this theme of epiphany that really underlies the entire Christmas season. Today, we're, we're focusing in on the baptism. At the baptism, the Blessed Trinity was manifest. Okay, so God the Son and his divine identity is the second person of the Trinity, but the entirety of the Trinity, all three persons. The fact that God is a Trinity were, were for the first time publicly uh, revealed. Before this revelation that took place of the Trinity at the baptism of Christ, the people of God generally assumed God to be unitary, one, like, like which is true, but they didn't understand the, the Trinitarian uh, reality of God. Uh, it was not publicly revealed. It was only hinted at in the Old Testament, but here for the first time there's an official public revelation of the Trinity. We have the Son who's being baptized. We have the voice of God the Father, and we have the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove coming down upon him. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all here manifest. But it's also an opportunity, the baptism of the Lord is, to reflect upon our own baptisms. There's an ancient saying by St. Ignatius of Antioch, and he says something very interesting. He says about the, the Christ's baptism, it says that uh, Christ thereby sanctified the waters of baptism. So, you know, John the Baptist asked a good question when Jesus came to him. He says, well, well wait a second, hold on. Um, roles are, you know seem to be reversed here, Lord. Um, you should be kind of baptizing me here. How come, you know, and, and it says especially, explicitly that, that John's baptism was for the baptism of the repentance of sins. Well, Christ is sinless, so why is he coming, okay, to be? And what we come to understand at a deeper level, Christ did this because it was his way of actually instituting the sacrament of baptism as a sacrament that was to give us grace, that was to sanctify us. So Christ was not 
undergoing any kind of sanctification himself when he was baptized. Rather, what he was doing was sanctifying the waters of baptism for our sake, so that thereby we can receive grace. John the Baptist in our gospel today says, I have baptized you with water, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And that highlights the reality that in the Christian era, the sacraments are not just symbols, but they're effective means of sanctification. They're effective means of grace. John the Baptist's water baptism was just a mere symbol. That's all it was. Okay, It did not, of itself, impart grace. But Christ would come, and through his undergoing baptism, he would thereby take this water ritual and transform it and make it a means of grace. So that from here on out, all of those who underwent Christ's baptism would enter into his mystical body and participate in the grace of his divine, of his deity and be, be sanctified thereby. So my brothers and sisters, today let's reflect on our own baptisms. Um, I have a passage here from a spiritual classic from the Orthodox tradition. It's not, it's not Roman Catholic, but they're close to us here, okay, so they're close. You get this, this Russian Orthodox author who writes in the, in the 19th century, it's The Way of the Pilgrim, and it's considered one of the you know, greatest writings in the, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition. And I love the first phrase that he says. He opens up his, his journal. This is a man who is just a peasant. He's completely anonymous. We don't know who he is, but he wrote a, a very amazing spiritual diary. Um, and he just was a, a, basically a pilgrim that wandered around the, the Russian countryside um, immediately after the, the freeing of the serfs, um, which took place around 1860 or so, from what I understand. And this was before the Bolshevik Revolution, so still under the Tsar. So he begins his journal this way. By the grace of God, I am a Christian man. By my actions, a great sinner. And by calling, a homeless wanderer of the humblest birth who roams from place to place. That's how he begins his journal. But what has always struck me was the very first sentence. By the grace of God, I am a Christian man. And... uh, we can reflect on the grace of God that was completely outside of our own will, that we are Christians, and how amazing of a grace it is that we have been baptized, and it wasn't our own bright idea, it wasn't the result of our own cogitations and our philosophy and our wisdom or whatever the heck it was. It wasn't the result of our good works. Just it's the raw grace of God by which we are Christians. We are baptized members of the body of Christ. The fact that God ordained that I would be a member born in Western civilization that had readily, you know, access to the sacraments that I would be born in a Catholic family. I've got some Lutherans on my German side, but for the most part. You know, all, all my blood lineage is Catholic going back to I don't know when. And the fact that, uh, you know, my, my parents were at least uh, nominally Christian enough to bring me to the, the baptismal fonts. And all the, despite all the stupid things I've done in my life and the wayward courses I've run and the errors I've made and everything else, um, that baptismal vocation is still there. 
And the more I grow in my priestly vocation, the more I really start to understand that my priestly vocation is not going to be worth anything unless it's uh, an authentic expression of my baptismal vocation, the more fundamental vocation of, of a baptized member of the body of Christ. And um, I'm just in awe of the gift of being a Christian man that I just had nothing to do with it. God, God gave me this gift and I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Just like I had nothing to do with my own creation, my own existence. I had nothing to do with this amazing gift of salvation that he's given to, to me and to all of us through the sacrament of baptism. So as we reflect today um, on, on Christ's baptism, we think of our own, and we think of it uh, with great gratitude.